This is their new hoax. But, you know, we did something that's been pretty amazing. We're all feeling the impact of coronavirus. Today, Qantas stood down 20,000 people, and, of course, they're joining a long list. If I get corona, I get corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. Well, why, why the big secret? People are smart. They can handle it. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Welcome to Nursing Review's new podcast. Each episode, we'll look at a different aspect of the pandemic, tackling myths, talking research, and keeping you informed. Right, and then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost... My name is Connor Burke, and this is the Nursing Review Coronavirus Podcast. We've recently ticked over the grim total of 20 million cases of the coronavirus COVID-19 worldwide. 12.4 million of those people have recovered, with approximately 730,000 deaths. In Australia, over 21,000 people have contracted the virus that we know, with over 12,000 recoveries and 331 deaths. That means we have over 8,000 active cases being treated every day by health professionals such as yourselves, and as we speak, there are 673 people hospitalised across Australia needing treatment for COVID-19. Jenny Wallace is one of many nurses out there treating these unlucky people. Jenny is the nurse unit manager on the respiratory, now COVID ward at Liverpool Hospital, and she joins me now. Jenny, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. First off, how are you doing? Oh, look, we're, we're doing all right. Um, so we're hanging in there. So that's a good thing. Uh, and you've been on the respiratory ward for 11 years now, I believe. How does this virus and the disease it causes, the respiratory illness, compare with anything you've seen before in your career? Look, you know, for me, um, it's just something out of the ordinary. And um, I actually wasn't working in respiratory when SARS um, has hit. So uh, it's all been very new for me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just some of the the differences, if you can run us through, you know, for, for nurses maybe who haven't come in contact with the, the virus yet, you know, how does it differ in, you know, in comparison to other respiratory illnesses? Look, I think it's really just uh, being focused on, on, on that, the transmission component um, and the, the rapid deterioration um, and being very mindful of that. Uh, that's been important for us. So going to treatment, how does the basic, apart from maybe the PPE and safety precautions, how does the basic treatment differ from COVID-19 to other respiratory illnesses? Oh, look, for me, you know, what I'm, I'm seeing is that it's just that monitoring, you know, we're, we're trying to, to symptom manage. Um, so we're, we're looking at, um, you know, the oxygen saturations, um, you know, and providing that oxygen. And, and when those saturations become a real concern for us, um, you know, we're, we're then calling in our ICU team. Mm-hmm. And I know the, the, the donning and doffing has been talked about and all the other precautions that you must take. But how, So how difficult is it to carry on your normal kind of day-to-day around the virus? So, so working within the PPE, um, you know, I, I praise my nurses um, a lot because uh, they're the ones that are actually in there um, most of that time. Um, and, that you know, they've had to learn um, different ways to nurse and and that being you know for example bundling care 
And um, what that is is uh, multiple activities all at once. And, uh, you know, for example, going in and doing the morning medication, the breakfast delivery, you know, making beds uh, and, and assisting with the showers all in one go. Um, and that's challenging as well because it changes the concept of how you nurse your patient. You know, it's not a matter of popping in just to see how they are um, as constantly as you would normally. Mm-hmm. And that goes against a lot of uh, the nurse's qualities of that you're making sure so it's a lot of visual making sure that you know and hand gestures of making sure people are all right and and coming up with innovative ways as well um we've had to use baby monitors um you know and uh phones to communicate with the patients um, and, and I'm wondering again, you know, working on the respiratory ward for so long, I would imagine you've ventilated patients um, before and done that process many times. Um, and I would I'd imagine now with treating COVID, if you have to do it, you have to think a lot more carefully about how the virus spreads in that procedure. Has that been difficult? Uh, yeah. So, you know, defining that ventilation, we go as far as um, non-invasive ventilation um, on the wards and... Um, and that all comes down to a lot of the procedures, even nebulizing uh, patients and and that becoming an airborne procedure and, mm-hmm. and what our protocols behind all of that and, you know, have changed to be even able to give someone a simple nebulizer mm-hmm. uh, and, and making sure that all of our, our new procedures are followed prior to, to doing something that actually came really natural, um, you know, to us of, yep, popping on that nebulizer and um, so that yes they've definitely changed yeah and and these things must be developing so quickly all these new little things that you're learning because I'm, I'm guessing you've been treating COVID patients since kind of the very early days what have you learned about the virus over this period of say you know six months or so that we've been experiencing it so in regards to the, those sort of changes that you sort of um, alluded to there you know we um you know, the procedures have changed dramatically. You know, the changes that we've actually gone through in multiple layers, um, you know, they've, they've come rapidly. They're, they're being continuous and, and they've been dramatic. Um, and, you know, you come on to work and you actually don't even necessarily know is what you knew yesterday is still the same today. Um, that was definitely the case in the beginning because mm-hmm. there were so many changes. Um, and even now, um, you know, we, we're, we're still facing those changes. Um, and, and now I think the change from, from the first um, time to now is, um, you know, we're, we're seeing what's happening in Victoria and, um, and having to make a lot more changes, you know, that now we're actually wearing face masks um, in, in all the clinical settings and mm-hmm. um, providing care to, to all patients. Yeah. You know, I've spoken to, to someone who's, who's had COVID-19 and he just spoke about the absolute kind of long list of random um, things that, that come with it, you know, memory loss, speech, um, trouble with speech. He lost his vision at one point. Um and, you know, so many people around the world have said so many different things. Is that difficult for, for you guys working on the respiratory ward? Because obviously you're used to dealing with mostly, you know, respiratory symptoms, but these people are experiencing so many other weird and different things. Yeah, and, you know, 
absolutely that you know they are experiencing all the different pieces but also what's happening is that you'll actually have people that um, aren't necessarily coming in for a re the respiratory component um, it just so happens that that becomes a complex component to it you know um, you may have someone that has fallen over and fractured their hip and so then you're having to work out how do we actually manage this on a non-orthopedic unit um, or as somebody who is pregnant and, you know, and, and changing your practices of um, uh, conditions that you actually hasn't been the norm to look after. Mm -hmm. So so it is um, all the time, it is that communication, um, communicating with multiple different teams um, and trying to gain that information um, and, and work out what's best for the patient and be able to advocate with them. So how big is your ward and how many patients or how many COVID patients are you currently treating? Um, look, you know, I've got a 30-bed unit and, um, you know, it varies on COVID patients. Um, you know, we, we have query COVID patients and there is no difference between query COVID and, um, and COVID patients of how we, we treat them with our PPE, um, you know, and that can vary um, at this stage from... One to you know uh, eight at the time, um, it does vary. Mm -hmm. I, I know this is a probably another illness um, to to you clinicians that you have to treat. But how has it how has it felt when a patient has come in with COVID nineteen and maybe worsened and, and gone on to the ICU and maybe you've lost the patient with COVID nineteen? Has that been different mentally for for you and your team? Absolutely, and. Um, you know, it, it, it's actually really a, um, a challenging component um, because it really emphasises, you know, how what this actual disease, is, you know, is, is like, what this viral illness is, is like. And, um, but, you know, as a team, um, you know, like what we face within nursing, we, we pull together and, you know, we, we dig deep down on all those qualities of a nurse you know the resilience and the the strength and the compassion um and and work together um and and i think that that's been a big key component during the whole of COVID is is that team environment um and being able to support each other uh through what we're going through because i think that that's been extremely difficult because we've all been having to to learn and learn very quickly um and adapt and you know, we do forget about, um, you know, what's happening with our family as well. We've, you know, we've, we've all had to get our families through um, the fact of, oh dear, we're looking after COVID patients. Mm. And, um, and in the beginning, that was extremely difficult uh, because here we are trying to learn and trying to work out what was, was real information and what was, um, you know, what was coming through that wasn't so real. Mm. And, so then having to, to try and get ourselves up to scratch with, no, this is what it is and this is, you know, how we're going to do it and how we're going to be safe and then convincing our families and, and even, you know, that, that took a lot. And, um, and even now I think uh, that, you know, some of the families are even being sort of uh, harassed about um, that out in the community 
uh, because it does come down to an understanding and people are scared, really mm. scared. Well, but well, as nurses, we got through that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's inter- interesting you bring it up because I did want to ask how, how it's kind of affected you in your daily life. I would imagine early on, you had to. You were bombarded with questions from family and friends. I mean, did you have to dispel any myths? Was it tiring, kind of having to be that, you know, oracle? Or you know, talk to me a bit about it. Oh, it was, and it still is exhausting um, because you know people are scared that they are, you know, looking at all different sources, and you know, and in that beginning phase, um, it was just exhausting. And and why that was was the case was. It was 24-7 COVID. Yep. You would be at work, it was all COVID. There was major changes going on that you're having to deal with. Um, you know, you jump in the car, that's all you're hearing is COVID. People around you is only talking COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you couldn't even escape your sleep uh, because it was just nightmares. Yeah. And um, so so living that 24-7 and having to, to really just want to stop and, um, and what really helped was was you know our colleagues and working together and and really just being able to talk about what was happening for each of us and stepping back and being able to uh then be able to to look at what we're dealing with and take a logical approach um to things to stop that panic um but you know that that was really difficult i think that um you know the big changes that we had um yeah, all of that. So living it was really tough. I think mm-hmm. even now, you know, people turn to you for that advice. Um, and, you know, I now look at that as, as a bit of an honour, actually, you know, that, that I'm able to, to try and contribute to people's knowledge and, and try to get rid of some of those myths mm-hmm. um, and, and be able to take, thing, take them through logically of, of what's going on and how we're dealing with it and mm-hmm. um, and what we're facing. There must be times, like all of us, that you and your colleagues must have been scared of the virus. You you know, there must have been days when, you know, you, you and your colleagues didn't want to go to work because you don't want to be the ones that have to face that. I mean, what is the general vibe, uh, you know, among your team? Look, you're right. In the beginning, um, you know, we did have, have that. Um, but at once we we start talking about it and uh, you know and really dig down onto those qualities of a nurse, you know that that what what we're here for that yes, this is very different. This is something that we have never experienced in in our lifetime. Um, but what are we here for as a nurse? And looking at those those qualities that we need, you know that that you know, resilience, that strength and, and that caring and, and, and adaptability. Um, and then we were able to, to, to come to terms with what we actually needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if there's any nurses or, you know, health practitioners at hospitals around the country who haven't yet had to face um, any COVID patients or, um, you know, assuming that there is some, um, what would you tell them? Oh, look, um, really, it's, it's just stop and think. What is it? What is the transmission of it? Um, you know, what are you actually dealing with? And, and trusting what we're being, you know, taught and trusting that PPE. Um, 
and you know we've faced many a staff member that you know that that would come and need to get something from our ward, and you know they were too scared to come in, and then that's where we'd use that opportunity to to talk to them and 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 try to support them um, with the truth. And uh, you've worked at Liverpool Hospital now your whole career, I believe. Um, how has this pandemic changed the hospital and the people working there? Oh, look, there's been a lot of changes for, for the good. Um, and, but you know, these things, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's happened. But I think that it's really, for me, highlighted... Um, the true strength of of the hospital, and you know, from from the local level of my nurses, you know, coming together and doing most amazing um, things and the changes, and just really digging deep and and coming up with that, to you know, the hospital executives having to make so many changes and those decisions and the plans that they've had to go into place. You know, they've done, you know, a great job in such a difficult time. And this also includes, you know, our local health district as well. Um, so I think that there's a, a lot of people that, you know, we should be very proud of, of what we've done mm -hmm. um, and as a hospital what we're achieving. And I wonder, obviously, throughout this period, health has been under the absolute, you know, glare of the media, of society, of everyone. Um I'm, you know, this is down to, you know, PPE, planning, um, everything you can think of. Um, is there anything kind of going forward that you would like the government health department to change um, to make the next thing, whatever the next big thing is, or just in general, um, doing your job that bit easier? I think it's just making sure that they're reviewing what happened this time and what worked really well um, and what didn't work so well. Um, I, I think it's just that sort of planning that's required and and getting that information from the ground roots, uh, I think, is extremely important um, because we, we, we have, you know, different perspectives on, on things, you know. Um, so I think that that's what I would really love to be able to see is just good reviews and, um, and getting all of the people that actually have been at the coalface. Mm -hmm. Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And also thank you so much for doing the work you're doing during a pandemic when you know, people like me uh, get to kind of stay indoors and stay out of the way. Jenny Wallace, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me.